안녕하세요. 나는 김민정치 아버겠습니다. Hello, my name is Kim Minjong, and welcome to the Rundown from South Podcast. As always, these episodes are sponsored by Booze Beers. You're one knock it away for getting your own pack of Booze Beers. Use the Rundown from the South for 50% off at checkout at BrewsBeers.com. And as always, thank you to the people over at Dice Studios. Let's get on. I am your co-host, Ken Min Jung, the welterweight champion of the world, and welcome to episode five of the Rundown from the South podcast. You guys hear me chewing? That's because I'm eating. Today's episode is going to be special because I'm going to be talking about DFC 123, my performance, and DFC 124, my predictions, as well as following the normal segment. That I usually do. Fights first, music second, and then questions last. But this episode is going to have five segments. Huh? As a viewer or watcher over here at Dice Studios, as always, thank you to our sponsor, Bruce Beers, as always, and Dice Studios for making this podcast even possible, making the setup even more better than it was during episode four. But... I'm going to have three guests on here, uh, all DFC fighters. Uh, we have Jaw, the former lightweight, sorry, the former welterweight, middleweight, and heavyweight champion of the world, a future Hall of Famer, my colleague for ESPN and commentary teams. Then we're going to have my boy uh, Barry over here from the, the Busy Barry show. And then last, we're going to have my favorite. All these fighters are good, but I'm going to have Egg White himself talk about the future and what direction the DFC is headed, especially with these new up-and-comers. I mean, there's a lot to get into this episode and just, like, how I'm going to dive into this chili cheese dog. Let's get right into it. Hello, what's up, Josh? Hello, you in? All right, listeners and viewers. Welcome back to the Rundown from the South podcast. I am joined with three-time world champion, John Moran. How are you doing, sir? I am doing... With what fight? And that title fight with Rikuni. That's good to hear. What's, What's the news with you? Obviously, there's been a lot of commotion with heavyweight and with uh, Logan Paul and Requies. Who Who's your next opponent right now? Trilogy with Requies. 
but he's saying no after calling me a ducker for but he is ducking me right now so mm-hmm. yeah. I guess I'm looking forward to the trilogy yeah speaking of trilogy fights yeah. trilogy fights I know I've been in one, been in my fair share what goes into the mental preparation for the third fight as a fighter? Because not many fight fans know this. Well, going into If you lost the second fight, you got to forget about that. Get back and try to win the third fight. Mm-hmm. Is there any, like, technicality improvements that you have to make? Or is it just more so of just landing your shots when it matters? You have to make changes to prevent what happened to you when you lost to prepare mentally. And mm-hmm. so, a, just, just for an example, I know you lost that trilogy. To the fight. First fight but just for an example, with your mental preparation for that third fight, when you caught Requise with the roundhouse, I think in the second fight. What is there like a difference between a coming off a loss up against that second fight or coming off a win? Is there like a different mental aspect as a winner? You think, okay, there's nothing that I have to improve versus if you're losing there. Oh my God, there's like so much I have to improve. How you lose if you get dominated when a lot, if you get, Learn to avoid that move. Mm-hmm. Then you have to strengthen what you. On what. Mm-hmm. Coming off a win yeah, and coming off that trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like I said, there there can be a lot of comparisons, and just for the real life example of this, I think the Poirier versus Connor fight of mental preparation and everything like that. Because I think Connor prepared very hard for that fight. Connor did prepare very hard for that fight. He looked extremely good. And it was just sort of uh, of a rematch between Habib and Connor within 2018, if you were able to watch that fight. But still a very close fight. But the point that I'm trying to make is, is the mental preparation is just as important as a technical preparation. And I could speak on this. Because I fought Stewie and it was our third fight. It's probably more important than the physical itself physically. But if fighting what they're and what your opponent can bring Mm -hmm. Do you think do you think that's why we see fighters like Alexa fall off so hard because they're just not rationalizing their moves or calculating everything. They fall off because they're not prepared mentally. Start swinging for the fences to try to even the fight. Try to get out of that round and take it back to the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you do bring up a good point there. And I agree with you in that part where instead of 
because with me, I've I've done that too. I've done that too. I've done my fair swing for the fence. Fences. We saw that at one fifty five when I lost to Glass Joe. After that, I took Creator and then I took Alexa. I got one win against Alexa to close out that that fight series. And other than that, I lost two in a row, two big losses in a row. And I considered retiring, but then I said, you know what? I'm going to try 170. So it's just figuring out what works for you. And I mentioned this on episode four. If just for a quick summary, I summarized that in order to be successful in the fight world or just in real life, you have to find what works for you. So, and I listed there are three things that you do. You either take as many fights, meaning you swing for the fences every single time. And if you win those fights, you know that recency is able to get you go going. If you are in the middle of it, like I and you are, when we become champions, it becomes a lot more difficult because we're, we're saying, put me on the next card, put me on the, on the next card. Even as I'm holding this welterweight title as a recording, I don't know who I'm going to fight, but I know I want to fight at 124 or in my bag, 125 or 126. That's my day. That's, those, are, those are my days. That's when I want to fight. But I think contenders have a lot more freedom of what they want to do. Being a contender is where, is where you take to learn. Being a champion is hard because you have to prove the worth of the title. The title doesn't prove its worth to you. You have to prove your worth to that belt, if you get what I'm saying. And the last one is not taking as much fights, maybe taking one or two fights. And then that's where the slow comes down to it. So it's, it's an interesting thing because I've seen a lot of fighters take a lot of fights. You, for example... Fighters like Luca who swing for the fences whenever they lose, or fighters like Stewie who swung for the fences. They took the fight against Cowboy and they lost. So it's just an interesting thing to sort of think about figuring out what's right for you. Because like I said, it's easier to make a unrational and emotional decision than it is making a rational decision. So when yeah, I see and- fighters hit me up, say, let's, let's go this. Would you be okay? I'm like, if that's an option, it is. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I let Dana or Ego White pick the fighters. You pick yeah. them up, I'll knock them down. And being a champion, you don't know when you're going to appear on the next card. Two cards after you won, it could be five cards after you won. But you have to stay prepared as a champion you have to be prepared physically and mentally and with the challengers you never know who gonna be in the top five to pick from. some mm-hmm. cha- some champions go with the easy easy one of them to get a defense under their belt and some go for the hardest ones to prove that they're the best in the division mm-hmm. and i feel like there's a lot more on what it takes to becoming a champion and that's the same uh Unless your first defense, you're not considered the champion because it's easier to win than it is to lose, or yeah. then to defend that claim. It's easier to refute than to provide evidence backing up the claim. If yeah. you get what I'm saying with that, and I yeah. just want to level with the viewers and the watchers over here at the Rundown from the South podcast. 
as soon as you hit that championship mark, you could take a few days off. You could take a few days off with that mental preparation. And for someone like me or you, who, in my case, when I won that championship, it didn't hit me until the day after. <laughs> it really didn't. It doesn't hit till the day after, or it does hit in the moment. But as soon as you're done celebrating, it's time to work. Yeah, you got right back to work. If it's after you win, or if it's a few days after you win, to get to give yourself rest. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like I said, mental preparation. I do agree in that takes a lot more because any move you you could swing anything or you could do anything in that octagon and you have a percent chance of getting a knockout. You have that percentage of getting a finish. Some moves have higher finish finishing rates per the DFC stats. But it's an interesting thing because I see a lot of boxers. I see a lot of boxers and I sort of have a issue to pick with that a little bit of a bone and grind, not more so the defensive boxers or the, kickboxer like you are, I think you're the best kickboxer in the world. Yeah. I think what you were able to do with Requis and having those people follow, especially landing that beautiful roundhouse kick. I think with with boxers, with boxers, they don't really have a strategy. It's going there and throw a spinning back fist, a haymaker, or an overhand, and if none of that works, then they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like boxers in this sport won't do well. They won't. They won't because, like you said, they have the back fist that they can utilize. They have the haymaker, which hardly lands. I haven't seen a haymaker shot get a knockout in some time. And they have the boxing dodge. Defensive boxers have the bo- boxing dodge as well. But I'm saying having in – having – Kickboxing, I'm going to take kickboxing as an example. Having kickboxing is good because it separates yourself. I don't know that many kickboxers. Having a karate artist like Israel Adesanya or having someone like Cowboy, who is a kickboxer too. He's a contender that I'm looking at to pick fights. Having, Having uniqueness is what makes me love the sport so much. And I feel like if someone's Che- uh, I wouldn't say cheating, but spamming the amount of styles, it gets kind of redundant and it kind of it kind of loses the appeal as a fight fan of looking, oh, heavyweight for an example. And that's why I was so excited to see you versus Requies versus Requies versus someone like Ghost when Requies knocked him out. Well, I'm like, those are two boxers. If, if you're gonna, mm-hmm. and my point is, is if you see two boxers in an octagon, they're not doing it right. Have them go to the DBO. Have them fight there. Don't have them fight in the MMA. Unless the fighter own, can grapple. With what separates it from the other classes is that they really have anything to mix it up. They're a boxer going and try to strike. When you're a defensive boxer, you look to go the distance with landing some strikes and try to get a decision win. With Muay Thai, mm-hmm. one of the most diverse styles where you can either choose to strike or choose to grapple. Even with the judo, you can choose to grapple, you can do damage 
to them while grappling them. Mm-hmm. You could take them down, grapple, try to grapple mm-hmm. with them. And with kickbox, mm-hmm. you keep your distance. You could also try to grapple. Boxers mm-hmm. barely sleep and grapple anybody. Mm-hmm. I know. And as me, as a BJJ artist, I think I'm the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist in the whole entire sport in itself. That, that's just my ego talking. You could refute it or whatnot. But my point is, is I feel like the ground game, I feel like we should see more wrestlers, more Muay Thai artists, more kickboxers, more karate, because the DFC just let karate fighters in. More yeah. judo. And because all these lower ones, I feel like are hidden gems. All these specialty fighters are hidden gems. Kickboxing. You know, there used to be a time where kick where the sidekick used to be overpowered until people learn how how to defend it. I don't think just because something is nursed so or utilized so heavy and then the DFC places rules and regulations against it that it shouldn't be used again. Hell, let's take let's take a recent case. Uh back in April when I was fighting Alexa with my with my B clip spam when I fought her. It it got nerfed, but then it got buffed again. So my point because, is that I'm trying to make is just don't do boxer and just be unique. Be unique because that's what makes you succeed. Separating yourself from the pack is what makes as a champion separating the good people from the potential contenders. That's how I pick. I say, yeah. well, here, beat these people Bam, there you go, because you're already eliminated the competition. That's an easy way of doing it. I see fighters like Cowboy or um, a fighter like Stewie, and they and Stewie piqued my interest when I was gonna if I was gonna choose them or not, if I should choose them or not. Just fighters like that. And that's why I love Walter Wade so much, is because I have the choice of choosing who should I pick. And I know you did too. You had a choice between Roquis and Logan. I think Logan would have been the would, would have been the more exciting matchup. That's just my that's just my thing. It probably I think it would have been a very tough fight. And I and I think if Requeese didn't complain about oh the overhand he caught me clean, that was a clean knockout. That was it a was. clean knockout. So it's it's just one of those things of not getting hung up on the losses, learning from the losses. Learning like from said, your losses. If, mm-hmm. if, there's an, if there's one thing you had to give to a young fighter, and I said this last time, I gave my opinion on the last episode, but if there was one thing you had to give advice to a young fighter who just got signed by the DFC or any other sport, what would it be? Uh, get caught up on losses, and just because you lose to one style doesn't mean that style is the best style. Keep Eating your mm-hmm. That is the best advice. You blew my advice out of the park. Because get uh glues badly to death boxers because of their defensive counter. They're saying, oh, death boxer, uh this new style. But don't get caught up because you lost because to that style. Keep mm-hmm. yeah. And find a good way to counter mm-hmm. it. 
And I mean, there will be some cases. Like, I think the flick jab is probably – it hits better than jab. I, I, yeah. I think defensive boxer might be the best other than kickboxing or karate. Best offensive weapon because you're able to use D counter and S counter, and then you can also do flick jab, which you can follow up with more strikes. I mean, I, 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 I'll give you, I'll give you an example of how I fight. I very rarely will do. I'll I'll take low damage over high damage, if that makes sense. I'm not searching yeah, for the no, knockout. I, I no. play more technical. That's an easier way to way to say it. And try to wear them down. Then, mm-hmm. I'm. But I mean, let's say if I were able to fake a, an opponent out and I get two moves, well, then of course the first time I'm going to go for a high shot. There is always that risk reward. The worst thing that can happen is I get get countered, and I feel like fighters should counter more too. That's a thing that yeah. doesn't get talked about, because you're you're risking what five damage, ten damage at most. You get another counter prop up, then you take the damage because you're 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 actually gonna get five, ten, or twenty, and if you swing yeah. and miss, doesn't matter. So it's just it's just this fine fine line of finding what works for you. What strategies work best for you? Try to go for the knockout submission. Take it to the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a matter of what you have to do right. What you have to do to win. And you see some switch up their styles before the fight. Like oh. I've seen Stewie. I've seen Stewie grapple until the third round. Oh, I don't care. Because I've seen mm-hmm. some strikers because they want to switch it up and win. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, even me as a BJJ, I, I, what, my last three fights, unfortunately, I've been ground fights, but that's not what I want. Because I want to bring something that, because I know as a fight fan, I can enjoy. Oh, I don't want any. I don't want any. I'm good. Okay. But like I said, as a fight fan, that's not what I want to see. I want to see someone who is educated in what they make. Yeah, as a fight fan, you a ground game that is just roll down and real damage to your opponent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that brings me into my next statement. Which artists are you listening to, music-wise? Because I know as a viewer or as a listener... This is what the Rundown from the South podcast is. I talk music and fights. And just sports in general. So, what songs have you been listening to heavily so far? Not really a mix. Not really listening to anything heavy. Just a mix of everything except country music and rock music. So, just a mix mm-hmm. of anything, really. Anything that piques my interest, I'll listen to it. Mm-hmm. K-pop, for example. I like some of the K-pop songs, but most of them. What artists do you like in particular? Like, is there one that you can pick your finger on? No, I I don't. 
Like with most, with most artists that I don't listen to heavily, that pushes them. I don't know most of the artists' names, but they they put some, they put out some pretty good songs. Mm-hmm. And like I said, having variety is the best thing you can do for yourself. I think is a really good word of advice for any fighter. Being well versed and having variety will ultimately lead to success, and it's just a matter of motivation. Yeah, and I mean, because not only because some people think that I just listen to K-pop heavily, and it it's sort of true, but I also have Western art music, like hip hop, rap, rock, not country. I'm I'm sorry. If you listen to country, even though you're a viewer, you are weird and you should be banned from the internet. I'm sorry. That's just I mean, unless you live in like a country state, like in the middle of in like a country state or a city, then it's acceptable. Like if you're from the city and you listen to country music and you have no affiliation with the country, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Can you get milk? Okay, I will go. Because he's talking to somebody. But, yeah. As always, it's a pleasure having you here. Thank you for having me. Wrap up this segment. And I will go to my other, or past, Minjung and go to his sponsor. Peace. Thank you for having me. Peace. As always, a rundown for the South. This episode is brought to you in part by the guys over at ESPN. Get ESPN Plus. And also, I believe Disney is having a 50% off off of Disney Plus. So there, it comes with the bundle between ESPN Plus as well. So you're able to stream the fights like DFC 124, for example, as a lead up. Or more fight cards in the previous. Thank you guys over at ESPN for sponsoring us and let's move on all right to fight fans um welcome back as you guys probably heard in the previous recording I had to do something but other than that it was a good time to have jaw over there for that segment I'm I would have liked to record more of it like I said it's always a pleasure talking to him even in the commentary booths just gives another opinion in the fight game as well I was sort of surprised his taste in music differentiate and I like having guests over like that those who don't stick to one thing and it's very unique Maybe I'll invite him over if you guys seem to like it. I mean, I enjoyed interviewing him or just having him over here as a co-host. I enjoyed it. So, like I said, his social media is Ja Morant. Uh, that's all socials, including Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Yes, he has a TikTok. Instagram as well. As always, you can follow us 
at The Rundown from the South, at Instagram, TikTok, or Dive Studios. You can subscribe to our channel, which has full videos, as you can see my face, and the VODs as well. And check out Dive Studios' YouTube channel as well, as they do post the full VODs. Um, and also, you have other artists like uh, One Who from Hole from Monster X, and you have my my crew, Eric Nam and Alexa, and their podcast. So feel free to check it out. Man, what are you doing? Why aren't you checking it out? But yeah, it was a pleasure having him over here, and it's a little bit different. Because I wasn't able to get as much off as I wanted to say with him and speak with him. Uh, I appreciate you a lot. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to be on this podcast. We ran into some technical difficulties over the way. But it was it was a nice thing having a, having a segment with him. As I was able to ask him some questions and get some answers. The audio is a little bit choppy, but nonetheless, I'm happy with the product and I'm happy that it turned out so well. So now it is time for our next guest. As always, let's get into it. What's going on? What's going on, Barry? Yep. Hello. Welcome back to the Rundown from the South yeah. Podcast. I'm your host, Kin Min Jung. As always, it is an honor to have the owner of Bruce Beers. As always, I make sure to shamelessly plug mine. But how are you doing today? How you doing today, sir? You're fine. Yeah, I I am good. You know, I just chilling back, uh, kicking back, being just watching what's happening in the DFC lately. Honestly, not a lot interesting stuff. I mean, it is what it is. But I'm doing good. I am doing good. That's good to hear. So. Yeah. You recently just let out an episode, and I think it was what? What season are you on? Season three. Season three. Season three. I think it was episode. You can correct me on this, but you were able to talk to Paul Logan. How was interviewing yep. him? Oh, it was good. You know, like I'm a big fan of Paul Logan because I don't. Know, he's not like the most talented fighter, but the reason I like him is because he's got. He's got the power to beat anybody, but he's also got the power to lose to anybody as well. So he's a very interesting fighter in that way that, you know, he could win any fight. Like, I think he has the biggest chance to beat Requeece, but at the same time, I think he has a chance to lose as well. But, you know, he's a good fighter, and I just want to get his point of view on all the stuff going on with him and Jar and Requeece. And, yeah, no, it was pretty insightful, and... Nah, I thought, I thought it went, thought it went well. Mm-hmm. And I was able to talk to Jaw earlier, and everything. And he 
was able to talk about the mental preparation of the trilogy fight between him and Laquise and how he said that he would have taken, uh, if he, he wouldn't have taken that third fight because he didn't think Laquise deserved it at that time. Yeah. But he would he would have given Paul the fight. But I bring this to you because I'm gonna ask him the same exact thing of what trilogy fights or just any fights. What advice can you give to a young fighter out there joining the DFC or any MMA comp per se, or just getting into fighting I, in general? I would just say, which that like a lot of fighters have to learn. Like I had to learn when I was first coming up. You know is your losses don't always matter. Like, you can lose. You can have the worst loss of your career. But look at Paul Logan, for instance. He had a real bad loss against Jupiter. One, two more fights, and now he's the next contender for the title, or possibly the next uh, contender for the title. So I just think when you get to that point where you lose a bad fight, don't always give up. Like, give yourself another few chances because, I mean... You're in it for a while. I mean, everybody loses and it just is what it is. I think you said it, I think you said it best because you're, in, you're not in for a short time. You're in for a long time. And that's something that I had to learn as I progressed in my career because within a week, I was the lightweight champion. So I really yeah. didn't know what to do. I wasn't really humble or any, anything. I'm more so lucky to have like because she was able to change that for me i was able to hum- humble myself and i think another point is is uh i was able to hit this home with jaw and everything but being unique what applies to you what's unique because there's uh, like five other well, there's like five more thousand boxers in this in this company in itself so what makes yeah. requi stand out not because he's a champion but because he hits big shots, that's yeah. what makes him stand out. What made Alexa stand out when she was fighting? She landed big shots. What made, what made, or my buddy Edgar Smith stand out is because they were able to get the technical wins. Yeah, Edgar Edgar is possibly the best fighter I've ever faced and how to prepare for. Yeah, As he a, he. He was a good striker, but the, his downfall, biggest downfall was I just don't think he completely understood MMA. Like, he had all the skills, but he just couldn't always ex- execute it mm-hmm. yeah. 100%. Like, he, had the, he had the potential, but he just he just didn't have that, like, knowledge or ring or octagon IQ. I think he had too much ring IQ when it comes to boxing, but... MMA, and I think his biggest mistake as well was trying to learn the grappling because I think that just took away from his striking and he was like Mm -hmm. half-half. But I think that was Edgar Smith's biggest mistake. Yeah, but it's it's not bad. I I don't blame him for getting Jordy in that fight camp to help prepare for the the grappling because honestly, he hit me with a good shot. He hit me with that uppercut. So, I mean, same exact thing. I think the preparation for Edgar was a little bit harder because I have 
hard time prepping for boxers and kickboxers. I love Edgar because he's a very good technical kickboxer. I love him for a defensive boxer. He's a really yeah. good striker. I I think I, I would love to see him back because I think there's a point of not giving up. I, I know I know it's hard to say, but when you when you are in the moment for something, easier to make rash ill rational decisions. Yeah. See what's going on at welterweight with me is I basically told Cowboy, listen, I'm gonna give you these two fighters. If both fighters take the fight and you end up winning both of them, just like I had to learn because I I gave my shot up early. But everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was like it was like in my career, I ended on equal. I think I ended on 10 10. Best fighter. Skill that oh, I, I just, I reckon fighting overall is just fun. I, you know, it's with business, and especially if I'm not like winning, if I was winning, and I got a belt, of course, I would. It just got to the point where I was like winning and losing, winning and losing, and I was like, well, fuck this. I might as well just go back to business and and deal with that because it's so much at one time. That is true. And also biting off more than you can chew, I think, is what a lot of fighters do. Yeah. They have a tendency to give up early. And, and like I said, it's easier to stay unmotivated than it is to stay and that's yeah. that's just that's that's life for you yeah, yeah but like i said with me i fell off i fell off i yeah. really didn't think i fell off until i suffered with those three i think two losses after i had beat alexa that took me out i think it was between joe and someone else yeah or i think andrade or something and then i said you know what I was contemplating retiring, but I said, you know what? I'm going to move up to 170, see what I got. There were some bumps, yeah. bumps along the road, but as far as I got right now, I'm happy I made that decision. Yeah. yeah I, I came just, out yeah. on top. So, you know, it's just... I know it. Yeah. No, it's just like... Understand that, yeah, like losing isn't everything because the problem is they go through the lower ranks, which honestly, it's just fact the lower ranks are a lot easier than when you get to the top five. The top five is like when it's like, no matter if you are in the top five, you're at least gonna lose every this is on average every third fight, I would say, and that's like being pretty good, but that I'd say that's an average in the top five about losing every three fights. But if you're really good, I'd say every five. But that even that's hard to do because when you get to the top five, everybody knows what they're doing, no matter what style, they know what they're doing, and that that's the difference I think. And you will get people to pop into the top five, but they will quickly go again because they don't know what they're doing, and it was just a fluke. But mm-hmm. I think when you get to the top five. That's when you see a lot of people give up because they just will lose and they'll be like, this is too hard, and they'll just give up. Mm-hmm. I had something before I won the welterweight championship. I think I was expressively tweeting about this, but that period of 
not being put on cards is the worst thing. And there's, like I said, there's not much more. Like, I can guarantee my spot on a card now because I'm a champion. But there's not that much more freedom of becoming a contender because now you have to wait. And I mentioned, I mentioned Jaw this, I mentioned this to Jaw earlier. And I said, to me, in fighting and like in life, there's three ways you you can approach it. You could be super active and, and swing for the fences and striking out more than you are hitting. Or you could take a balance approach, which I ended up doing, which yeah. is taking a moderate. Or you can be on the back burner and take less fights. Yeah. Well, just, yeah. I see a, a lot, lot of fighters, fighters try to uh, loss. Yeah, I know. That's a bad thing to do too. It can pay off, but it can do quite the opposite. Like if mm-hmm. a lot of fighters will lose then they'll chase a fight straight away. But you're not always going to win that win that second fight. Like, especially when you got that, oh, I need to win type type mood. You're not, you're not going to fight like you usually fight. And I feel like people usually lose twice and then retire. Well, if you just sit back, you know, Ego White's going to put you on a card. Just fight that card and you hope to win. But, I mean, it is mm-hmm. what it is. You know, that's the fight game for you. I, Like I said, I'm probably one of, if not the very few people like me, you, Jaw, and another guest that I'm going to have on here understand very well. We understand the fight game because we're fighters. And I think yeah. it's – or former fighters, but I think someone like Helvin – I've been looking at him. I've been looking at him at 205. And just upcoming fighters like Logan they have they have the potential, but it's just a more so it's like an it's like an IKEA, if you know what that yeah. is. It's it's a furniture company. But yeah, yeah. You get the blueprint on what it takes to be great, but it's your own self to figure out and if you don't know what to do, you have to ask for help. Yeah. So you make yourself. Yeah. I think another thing that fighters need to realize is just don't have fun. Like have fun. That's what I bear saying. Helvin do you know, he lost, but I mean, like after the fight, he celebrated, he acted as he won, you know, people could say it's a COVID mechanism and maybe it is, but it's just him having fun. And I think that, is an important thing to not take your losses too serious, to not say, oh, I lost, this is going to destroy me. You know, just have fun. And if you win, you win. Mm-hmm. If you lose, you lose. Mm-hmm. I think that's, um, that's, that's why I enjoy to watch. Mm-hmm. Because he just has, has fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, he's one of the most entertaining fighters that I yeah. know of today. But there's another point I want to hit home, and it's learning from your losses. Because, like I said, losing yeah. isn't everything. 25% of what you need to do right. Losing is 50% yeah. wrong. So figuring out what you did wrong is what makes elite fighters from Hall of Famers. You, you, you can be good at surfing a mountain sort of wave, but if you can't get over that wave, you're just as good a person that's failing. Just as you. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, man. Like you hit you hit the nail on the head. You got it. You got to lose to know what you're doing wrong. You know, you have these fighters that lose and they blame it on the ref. They blame it on the DFC. Oh. But you know, you might have done something in that fight that you could have fixed, and you can fix it next time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I not. Mean, yeah. I mean, you hit it home, and like I said, a recent example of this is I want to go back to the FC 123 with the flashback real quick when I was fighting Stewie. Yeah. With that rest stoppage. I mean, it wasn't controversial. I mean, of course, I'm going to say that, but with your approach and more so the non-biased approach, the doctor had seen the cut getting worse. He was getting dominated in that fight. Even as a fight fan, rewatching and analyzing my mistakes, I could tell that he was losing that he was losing that fight. Definitely two rounds yeah. to one. Yeah, no, no. So, I, I think I was judging. I was judging him my time, and I had it all three rounds toward. No, I yeah, I did have it uh, three to one. But. Honestly, just want to say a quick note. I do not know what Stu was doing in that fight. I think I think I have a rough idea, but man, like <laughs> if you if you've seen any of his other fights, he fights different to what he did yeah, in that oh, fight. Like, he, oh no, he fought way differently, and and it's sort of and it's sort of like I said, what weapons do you have well that you can u- utilize? I think mental warfare is my game. Just uh, just like with Johnson was attempting to do with Lopaka at yeah. DFC 121. Ultimately, he lost to a controversial decision. Could have went either way, but that's the fight game for you. You can't, If yeah. you hang up on your losses, the more you're doing to look down. Because, like I said, there's a difference between being lazy and patient. Being patient is you're waiting for something. You already know what you're going to get, and now you're just waiting being lazy is not acting on the actions that you are granted, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah. So it's just, it's just another thing, and I wasn't able to ask all this, but what is your fight predictions for DFC 124, good sir? Um, for the prelims. Let me have a look. I've got it up here. So starting with the prelims, you know, uh, got Draylon versus Manny Pacquiao. Honestly, I don't know anything about these fighters. I'm not going to act like I am. But just going off style and ranking, I'll just give the benefit of the doubt to Manny Pacquiao. I don't know. He's 2-0. and I mean, Draylon's got the experience, but a fighter, it's kind of hard to get in the groove of how to effectively use Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and maybe those two losses, mm-hmm. he's he's learnt it by now, but I don't know, I'm just going to give the better for the doubt. Me as an example. Use me as yeah. an example of what to do well and just mold it your own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But moving on to the second pre five on ESPN. And uh, ESPN so second plus. early prelim is Helvin versus uh, Melt. And honestly, this fight could go either way. I just think... I don't know. Helvin's kind of a little bit reckless, you know. He was in his last fight. He had a big shot opportunity, and he chose to slap. But, like, it's not always ideal. I think he's more of a showman than a fighter. But 
Just like I said with Paul Logan, he can win a fight, but I don't know. That's a that's a mm-hmm. tough fight. I mean, one's a Muay Thai fighter, one's a kickboxer. There isn't, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be throwing similar stuff. I doubt the fight's barely going to get go to the ground. If it went to the ground, I'd give the uh, advantage to Melch just because that Muay Thai, you know, mm-hmm. gives you a little bit more of an opportunity. But that's mm-hmm. a tough one. I, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Yeah. I mean, I mean, striking wise, like I said, you could go that either way, but. Like I said, it depends on who's more technical. I think, I think so. If if Helvin is reckless, that fight's gonna go to melts. I, that that's just yeah. the way I see it. Technical, just like uh, Conor McGregor said in real life, uh, precision beats speed and power. Technical is how I approach my fights. I'm very technical. Yeah, and. Just picking my shots and knowing what to do. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a mixed line of do I do I go for the home run knockout shot and that's that's been Raquise's demise. If there's if there's one big Achilles heel that Raquise has is its inability to win in titles, in title fights. Yeah. So, I mean, there's always going to be weakness, whether it be or physical or emotional there's always going to be that physical barrier and I think coping with losses is the hardest thing to do but being able to learn from that separates like I said from Hall of Famers to elite fighters being able to yeah. kick back up unless the situation is hopeless then you yeah. can kind of moving in about divisions because that gives you a new light and makes mm-hmm. you improve yourself it makes the division way more interesting like I said, if yeah. I wouldn't have beaten Stewie and Stewie would have beaten me for that title shot, I would have moved up to 185 because yeah. that's how I am. I'm not going to sit here and unless I'm going to, unless it's a controversial decision, but I'm not going to sit there and waste my time when I have more growth. So it's, it's just something like that. And what I want to do with the 170 strap is provide fighters that opportunity i want to see that yeah. top five grow yeah, you know, yeah i don't want it to become stale you know you see a lot of fighters like luca and stewie who took too many fights and you see someone like cowboy who was just sitting there playing patient playing his cards he got the cards that he was dealt with for win and then we see fighters like connor murphy and doing nothing yeah so that that's that's overall my biggest advice to new fighters as well is just don't take fights with people that are lower rank than you because it makes no sense oh unless God, you're coming yes. unless you're coming off a loss. I mean, it makes sense to bounce back. But if you're winning and somebody says, you know, can't do you want to fight? Do not take it because at the end of the day, Ego McMahon, I mean, Ego White's gonna give you a proper fight. He's going to give you a proper opportunity. He knows what he's doing. So don't just let these random fight contracts come up and take it. you got to... Oh, 100%. Especially that's how, in the top five. Yeah, I know. That's, that's how some guy in, well, in heavyweight came up so quick. I don't know his name, but some guy in heavyweight just... Maybe, maybe. But, yeah, some guy just boosted up in the heavyweight divisions just because he was sending fight contracts to everybody, you know. That's um, what I did. That's what made me yeah. successful. 
lasted a week because of yeah. that. But that that the fathers the just just take it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the advantage knowing yourself. That's that's option number one as a fighter. Option number two is being balanced, meaning sometimes there will be cases where you you start using emotion and you say, okay, well, I need to get back that loss. No, you don't. You do not need to get back that loss. Trust me. Yeah. My record may look as 21 losses, but I consider that as 20 that I have to better myself. I don't – I consider myself undefeated, and that's the championship mindset. That's my mindset. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's just like there's a lot of people that barely have any losses, but that doesn't make them great. It doesn't make them better than – there's a lot more talented people with heaps of losses than like people with like one, one. At least the people with a bunch of losses, just because the person with the bunch of losses has that more experience and you know has that better an aspect, and it's like the people who haven't lost don't know what to expect. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. getting smacked in the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you hit that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, like I said, especially because I think the hardest thing for a contender is getting into that top five. Because yeah, then sure. that's when, that's sort of like the, I'm going to use a game that I play called Genshin and what it is. It's, it's, a, it's an RPG game. Sort of like World of Warcraft or something like that. But it's sort of like getting into the higher ranks, it becomes more, the opponents become more difficult. So you have to always have constant growth and you can't be lazy. As a contender, you could be lazy because you're still figuring out what you, what you want to do as a fighter. Yeah, You can always figure out, like I said, and advice that I gave on episode four of Throwing Down from the South was is never, never settle for anything and always have a goal higher. Always have have a high goal, but have sub goals you want to accomplish. Uh, one fifty five. I'll use the example, or even at one seventy, I had of fighting Connor. I have a championship mindset. I didn't have a championship mindset because what fighting means to you is always going to be different for a fighter. For me, yeah. at first, it was chasing the bag. Until I was able to settle down and get married. That was my fight. You know, I was, yeah. I'm a showman. I like putting on shows. I can guarantee you all three fights that I have had within my last three fights have been very entertaining fights to watch. Whether it's me getting yeah. dominated or someone else getting smashed into the canvas. So yeah. it's, I like putting on a show because I know what the fans want. Yeah, the fans want and separating yourself like you. I'm gonna use you, use you for an example. What separates you from everyone else? You're entertaining as hell. You are a very good commentator, very good judge. That's what separates you, and you understand the fight game just as much as me, Ja, and everyone else of these veteran fighters. Yeah. So that's what separates you. You are in in a Hall of Fame status. I'm in a Hall of Fame status. That the way my mindset is always have a championship mindset and always seek to improve rather than seek seek to go down 
always aiming. Yeah. And I think uh, I want to say I was motivational speech or something like that. And I think Samuel L. Jackson. I love this guy. Samuel L. Jackson always, always fall. Don't fall back. Always fall forward with what you want to accomplish. True. In the fight game, that's true. In the fight game, don't know about real life. Do not know about real life. Seven sisters, yes. But in the fight game, that is always true. Always go up, never go down. Even as a champion, and it's harder to do so as a champion or as a contender because if you fall off, now you're back in that top five. So, yeah. So, it's a vibe check sort of mindset that, like I said, the title doesn't honor you. You honor the title. <laughs> you honor yeah. the title. But one, but just, one thing that that I've realized, like if you lose, good win, you know, you're back into the title. You, you if you want to wait it out, I mean, I don't really recommend it. But if you want to win a good fight and you're in number one contender spot, you can just wait it out for mm-hmm. the next two defenses, and the champion's going to have to eventually come back to you. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. So. Even if you lose that title, you know, you know, for instance, Geordie Truman lost the title and he's been waiting, but now he's got a fight booked against Andrade. And I even heard that was Geordie's, Geordie wanting to do that. You know, he said, you know, the champ's not going to fight me. He said he's not going to fight me. So I'm going to, I'm just going to fight because why not? But he doesn't have to do that. He just had a really dominant win over Ruffles. Who is really good up and comer, you know? I think he was nine and one until he fought Jordy, and Jordy dominated him. So now that now that he's fighting Andrade, I mean, if he wins this fight, he's oh, solidified his spot. No, yeah, no, yeah. And that's the thing thing of knowing yourself, because obviously you're gonna know yourself better than anyone. And the enemy and the whole entire saying of like having a arch nemesis or something is because they know you better than you know yourself. That's not true. That is not true. The moment you let something into your mind that's bad, you dwell upon it the moment you lose. And you're going to be able to learn from that because, like I said, there is no failure in life. There's only things that you could have done in the moment, but you didn't know. So, I mean, we sort of went off on a little bit of a tangent. Uh, who else is on that fight card? Uh, I'll just skip because honestly, I don't know a lot yeah. of these fighters. <laughs> Fuck the prelims. This... No one cares about the prelims. I mean, I mean, as a ESPN commentary later, I do care about the prelims. But yeah. this is my podcast, and I do whatever the hell I want on this bitch. Yeah. But so there's there's Connor Murphy versus uh, Fireball Max. Oh yeah, uh, that's that's the thing I wanted to talk with you too. Is yeah, like I said, Connor. Connor, I feel bad for him because I sort of wanted to give him the fight because I he's been waiting, <laughs> he's been yeah. waiting for so long, and I felt bad because, like I said, a trilogy fight Connor would be the biggest fight that that said within DFC 115 and DFC 120 or 130. That is the biggest fight. That anyone can make it can main event or anything like that a rematch 
because of what happened with the first two fights. Because we saw two knockdowns in the first fight. We got a very close split decision in the second fight. So we fans are like, what's going on? What's going on with that? So I feel bad for him. I think but, I think though after your win against Edgar Smith, I think that really uh, shows because you know the Conor Murphy versus Edgar Smith fight, very close fight, very very close fight. Uh, where I think it was the first fight, I think he got dominated in the set. I think I don't know, I can't record they fought a second time, but I remember the first fight. You know, came down to it right because oh, yeah. didn't, um... he got counter KO'd in the second fight. I think. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know, but in the first fight, I remember it was real close. Um, but my point is this: like you dominated Edgar Smith, so I mean, and he's got a very similar style to Conor Murphy. You know, Conor Murphy's probably a bit more sharper, has a bit better shot selection, um, and he is more willing to take risks than Edgar Smith was. But again, like you've got that experience from Edgar Smith. So I think that's going to help for your fight with Conor Murphy when it does come mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I like I said, like I said, I always, always like to keep the whole entire division interesting because, like I said, I'm, I'm never going to stop being a showman. I don't care what you say. I will keep yeah. tweeting, tweeting. I, Donald Trump did in his yeah. political reign over the United States. So I will continue to run my mouth because that's just who I am. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's like fair, I said, I, I, I respect I, I respect the fighters. I respect the fighters. It's just showmanship. It's just gamemanship. Yeah. Lopaka tweeted at me because well, I think nine other people uh, were able to do. Um. Uh, he tweeted at me because I think he made number nine, and I. And I was sort of thinking it was gamemanship because of what happened at DFC 121 when I basically talked trash to Edgar. But like I said, I love Edgar. I love Edgar. It's just all yeah. gamesmanship. That That's yeah, my yeah. game. I will get into the head of my opponent. Yeah. No, so, that, that's good, you know. It's good to get into the, yeah, the head of your opponent, you know. There's mm-hmm. something that I never could really do, you know. I'd talk trash, but it'd be more playful because I don't know. Profit. I just, you know, oh, profit it was serious, you know. Profit. If I still see profit walking on the sidewalk, he's getting it like that. That's what it is at the end of the day. But but priorities. But when I used to fight, I I I had a beef against a guy named Jumping Jacks. Actually, his little history lesson. You know, Jumpin' Jacks was coming up. I was coming up. Pretty big fight. We had a press conference and everything. And he was just disrespecting me, you know. he I had the Australian flag. He grabbed it out of my hand and threw it on the ground and, like, stomped on it and ripped it and it was getting in my face. But, you know, I held back, you know. I didn't, I didn't throw no punches. I didn't go for any violence. You know, mm-hmm. I just – I enjoy talking trash as a joke, but as it gets serious – that's where I kind of mm-hmm. hold back, unless you're somebody like uh, Profit Muscle, but mm-hmm. it's kind of... Because I want to say, it was sort of rough for me to... I held back during that press conference. I held back because of what he said to my wife, 
or what his wife said and he basically backed her i'm like you really you really support that so it was just sort of something that didn't sit well with me and of course like i said i'm gonna i'm gonna do my gamesmanship but i i told him again i'm gonna make you suffer that's exactly what i said and i think there were i think you had asked a question or something like that of stylistically of what was there to change and i said the little mistakes it like i said it's just gonna come that's it more and yeah. who is more mentally prepared i'm probably one of if not the toughest mentally prepared opponents but said, family is a very touchy subject for all people no matter what walk yeah. alive because that's it's your family man so yeah, it's man. the people that you surround yourself with so you don't want to see that so i sort of had to <laughs> back it up with that yeah. and it and I I didn't like the finish. I didn't if I'm being honest, I didn't. But at the end of the day, like Connor or like Poirier said to Connor at DFC or UFC two sixty four, um, a win's a win. <laughs> yeah. So no, that's it. You can't get caught up you can't get too caught up on your performance. Like mm-hmm. as long as you get the job done. Even if you have to do whatever, like, of course, in the legal terms of stuff, but just do whatever you can to get that win. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. But not being too desperate for the situation. Yeah. Like, because now my goal is to go up to 185. Yeah, yeah. That's my goal. So it's, it's, it's an interesting concept to dabble on with Connor and everything. I hope. Connor wins because if Maxwell comes back, that's just another opponent. <laughs> and it's going to yeah, be interesting. Nah. I think Connor will win, but, you know, uh, I wouldn't count Max out, but I would give the edge to Connor. Mm-hmm. And then moving on, is that number five? Card? Uh, we're number three. We've got Phila, Phila, Philippi. Because the oh, Eddie Felipe? versus Quam fight has already happened. So Eddie we'll versus get that one. Quam. Who won that? Uh, Quam did by four forearm TKO. Forearm oh. choke TKO. Forearm. Damn. And apparently, what I apparently what I heard is that he was just a pretty boring fight, and Quam just sat on the forearm the whole time. I haven't actually looked at the fight, but that's what people were saying. Yeah. That he just. Held on the mm-hmm. forearm the mm-hmm. whole fight and just could. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Because, I mean, it's the same thing with neck crank and it's the same thing with shoulder lock. Like, yeah. any of those, like, you, you could you could chain them. And I, I think that's the most annoying part as a yeah. fighter is just being unable to stop it. And then let's say I uh, wrestle roll or W roll is the command. I flip. Guess what? Someone can have the G punch. And like I said, I think side control is the best position in all in the whole entire ground game. Because what crucifix is very good, very underrated, very underrated. And then Johnny Truman used the crucifix a lot. Very. Mhm. It's a very dominant position too, and then you could. Top mount is, I think, number two, because um, arm triangle is the best submission in the game right now, or in the fight yeah. world right now. 
because it can change. Yeah. <laughs> Our triangle so can change. So as soon as you get there, and then plus top mount, you have you have a ground and pound option. I think you have combo, which prompts up a, a GAN P option, or basically you have a higher chance to get a minus 100 shot than you do minus 40 or 30. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. But yeah. what's going on with that co-main, sir? Uh, what's going on with that co-main? Got Jupiter versus Dan Booker, which I gotta give it to. I gotta say, Jupiter. But you know, I mean, I just, Dan, I just, yeah. I mean, Dan, Dan is because uh, if you haven't known, because he lost to Ghost the first time they fought, I think it was yeah. like I was able to watch that fight, and I counted him out. I think he's on a seven fight win streak. By the way. He's on a Shit. seven fight win streak, so he he was three and nine. <laughs> so seeing him, or at least win six fights and putting himself back up, is what he yeah. Now he's at number seven, getting the shot at a top five opponent because he yeah, defeated yeah. a former world champion. And I think, man, I miss, I miss Matthew too. <laughs> I yeah. miss Matthew at one seventy. I don't. But sort of yeah. after he lost the belt to Connor, it just fell off. Cause yeah. I know you get a lot of fighters like that. They just lose and then they just you know fall off and disappear. And, you know, it sucks. Mhm. I mean, yeah. I mean, now moving on to the main event. I think Kenji versus Sosa. Yeah. It becomes it. It's sort of that thing because Sosa is so good. There, there's been no one to challenge him at one thirty-five. I think yeah. uh, Woods tried. I mean, Woods is still good. Cedric Woods is still good. I think, despite the losses and everything like that, I still think he deserves a top five opponent. Considering that Tyrese yeah. gave up, so if Cruz gave up, who also fought, did happen if. Uh, I think Genjiro, hope I'm pronouncing this right, or Henjiro, uh, was able to do it, and he messed up. He he beat him. He beat him, but Sosa was able to exact his revenge. And yeah. then Kyrie fought. Kyrie lost. What's next? Mm. I think 155 is next for Sosa. But yeah, I, I think he might. It it's almost Navy esque. I can yeah, make that comparison yeah. because maybe thirteen straight. Yeah, Navy's though. That whole storyline is probably my favorite in the whole DFC. You know, you know, you had Navy going around everybody. Then you had this up and comer carnage come out of nowhere, beats Navy, dominant. But then Requise was like carnage's. Kryptonite mm-hmm. in the first mm-hmm. round twice. So I'm interested. The reason I'm bringing this up is because just trailing off a little bit here. I'm interested to see Navy versus Requise because, you know, Requise yeah. was uh, Carnage's Kryptonite. Carnage beat mm-hmm. Navy. 
So will mm-hmm. he be Navy's kryptonite <laughs> as well? That's what's interesting. Uh, maybe. And Navy was dominant over months. Yeah. Holy sh! I was about to cuss for the third time. <laughs> Navy was really dominant. Yeah, and it's sort of like what a five-year retirement, I think. And I had the honor to see and everything like that at DSC one twenty-one, and I was able to watch the fight. Man, he was dominant. Yeah, he was. My That's God. another interesting and, thing. But and it's with, like with the, he's he's so good. Or oh, go on, go on, yeah. go on. That's an interesting thing as well because if he climbs the ranks, I mean you've got Paul. I mean we got we still got to see how this whole thing goes with Paul Requies and Ja. That picture as well. If he gets there, that's going to be a very interesting top five. Like them, if if they're still there and Navy, then five going back and forth. I I mean we still haven't seen Paul against Ja or Requies, but. As I said earlier, I think Paul can beat them, but he can also lose. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's interesting. It's going to be very interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. I think an easy main event, and by the way, that that was the first title main event or non-main event within the last 20, maybe 30, maybe, hell, maybe even 40 cards. That's how yeah. big a Navy fight is. Just uh, just to put that in, into perspective, and I think Jaw versus Navy does the same exact thing. I that's the fight I want to see. That's the fight yeah, I want to see. That's the fight that has to happen. This is what Paul was saying. You know, the trilogy, although like on paper it kind of makes sense, but when you think about Requiem versus Jaw trilogy, doesn't really mm-hmm. make. No, it's it's like the whole thing got- the ball. Yeah, versus Ja got situation. the title. Ja got the title, but like he got, got it, and then he lost. Got a lucky knockout, and then he got knocked out clean in the second fight. You know, so for him to just get a third shot at the title straight away, I mean, I think that's just that's just stupid. I mean, if he get what, well, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, he... mm-hmm. And like like you said, I think it's the only fight for Jaw to take. Yeah. That's the only fight because number one, if you you're already a Hall of Famer, but being Navy, because hell, if Navy would have lost, there would have been that excuse of, well, I'm rusty, I've been fine in in five years, but he didn't. So being yeah. able to beat someone who is fresh, ready, and probably looks the best he's ever been, even though he reigned over the, the whole entire DFC for like five, maybe ten years. So it, like I said, it's it's just gonna be something that because I I found my my fair, share. I fought Goro, Alexa, Creator. Glass Joe, all fighters, all really good fighters. But seeing Jaw versus Navy, if Jaw's able to win and then regain the championship, he may yeah. be in the GOAT conversation. I 
that that's just the, able to defeat the greatest of all time and re, and Requis regarded as as a top ten heavyweight of all time. I don't see him as that because Navy will always be the greatest heavyweight and the greatest fighter of all time. Yeah. No, so, so there is a lot more legacy, and I think that would be the biggest fight that division has to offer. Yeah. What about one eighty five? No, there's yeah. nothing really there at one uh at two oh five it's gonna be Lafaka versus um I believe David. David's look good too. So yeah. Like I said, yeah, with Lopaka, with Lopaka considering himself like as a double champ status, I don't fucking believe it. I don't believe it. You didn't win an actual championship. You 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 won a number one contender belt. That's literally all the interim championship belt is for is just basically to prevent happen at one seventy, which this whole huge debacle came in. That's that's yeah. what that was for. I don't mean to diss on Lopaka or anything, but. Let's be honest, that's the truth. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, I'm not in your case. Yeah. Um, contenders get up, like, oh I don't, I don't God, know yeah. which which contenders can, but they're all kind of stuck. Like, you got Melch, you got Helvin, you got Cyril, you got Virginia, you got mm-hmm. uh, Jai, you know, but after that, it's kind of like, these these top six, top seven have been going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for the longest time. Mm-hmm. We need another good contender just to come up, solidify their spot, and has the potential to beat all these people. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. think that's what I think that's what cruiserweight needs right now. Yeah, I think someone like is uh, Izzy, because yes, he is at two hundred five. He's married, yeah. but still. I think someone like Izzy uh, is at number – he hasn't fought in a minute. I mean, it's just he hasn't been late more so because he's a former kickboxing champion. Yeah. So, I think I think I would like to see him step up. Uh, rumor has it he switched to a karate style. So, from being coming a counter, he's more so technical – so yeah. I I would like to see what he has to offer. I think at one thirty five, someone out of that top five has to step up. Yeah, one five is just is a complete barren wasteland. I think I heard a rumor of one fighter. I don't know his name. One <laughs> fighter who's who's gonna put an end to the. By the way, I don't think Yomazaki number one pound for pound. Give it a Sosa, man. Give it to Sosa. He deserves yeah. the number one. Or something like David, too. Yoma, uh, yeah. Yomazaki hasn't fought within, like, the last six, maybe five pay-per-views. And that, like I said, I don't – I he is a champion. But the way I look at it, 185 is – that's not the hardest division. Yeah. If there's I, really yeah. no one challenging you – Oh, no, it's man. not there's a good like, division. There's like John Kennedy and Yamazaki, and you know you've got Quam coming up, but that's it. Like no offense, but the rest are kind of average no. fighters. Yeah, and like even if I were to move up, I would make 185 interesting. 
Like any fighter that would step up or like any top five contender in any other division instantly makes that division alive again. Yeah. You know, and I feel like Yomazaki isn't irrelevant by choice as the situation that he's in. I think he's a good champ. I think he's a good champ. But yeah. I think the choice and the decisions, because the amount of fights that Welterweight has seen, the amount of fights that 155, 205, 248, and 135 have seen over the last pay-per-views, that's been it. It's five, maybe ten title fights within that scale. Probably more than that, because those are interesting divisions. They have up movement. They have up movement. It's just not sitting there and just not doing anything. And the contenders that are not doing anything, they're just sitting there sucking on their thumbs. So, I mean, I I think someone moving down or maybe moving up to 185 would be a good idea. Whether it be me, maybe we see Edgar Smith at 185. Career runner, how about that? Or yeah, no, it'd be interesting. Just, just he's as a fighter. Yeah. I hate to see it. I know, I know. Sucks to say. It's just because, and this is my honest opinion. Like, Ego White, don't sack me or anything. But I mean, I think they added this new cruiserweight division or whatever way too quick. I think bantamweight wasn't even finished yet so i don't know why they just added this new weight mm-hmm. i think it was a silly idea but i mean i don't i don't run the show but from a business standpoint you know it's just it's just making more problems mm-hmm. it's just making more problems mm-hmm. and it's not taking the quality away from the other divisions i think i mean yeah. yes you're always going to see a new division so you're going to see more people try it out i mean 135 has evened itself out a little bit. 205 has quickly evened itself out. We already have our top five established in that division. So yeah. it's, it's, but 185, I think it's been one of, if not the oldest divisions to, I think it maybe, because I think what it was heavyweight, lightweight, then it was middleweight, I think. You know, I mean, there's always going to be, a matter of who can stand out. I mean, if I'm looking at that matchup between uh, at the main event, which, by the way, I love the poster. I think it's the greatest poster that the DFC has ever made. Yeah. For one. I think think Kenji could push Sosa, but it's another dominant performance. Like, that's how dominant a champion is. That's that's what a famer does is to the point where he, honestly it's not a fight. I mean, as a fight fan, that's the fight to make. Mm. And everyone knows that's the fight to make at one thirty five, but I mean, I would see low I, I think this might be the lowest pay per view vice because I mean what? One that does hell. One twenty yeah. A little bit. It was mid, mid, mid. One twenty-one, very stacked. A very because the way that it was written. One twenty-two, good, good. One twenty-three, very good. One twenty-four. So I think we'll see one twenty-six or one uh one twenty-five step up. Yeah, I know. I know. We need 
You know, and the DFC's kind of been slack with um, fight cards as well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, oh my God, can, can we get, please, for the love of God, I will start a petition just to make 185 great again. Yeah, I know. Can we please just make 185 great? But what, But it probably, you know, divisions change all the time, you know. You're seeing heavyweight, it was it was dead not that long ago. Now mm-hmm. it's pretty, now it's like one of the most exciting vi- divisions in the DFC. So it's like, mm-hmm. we've just, we've just Jar and Paul coming up and you've got what that guy, what, uh, what was that guy? Who was coming up? Booker, Dan. Yeah, you got Dan too. How I just got to change my mic over real quick. One second. Yeah, you're good. All right. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I can. Yeah. Yeah. But go on. Oh hell. Uh, but yeah, no, I think since they've come up, it's a hell of a lot more exciting now. Mhm. Yeah, I, th- I like, and I love divisions like that where you just see so much potential, and it and it gets into these scenarios of what's gonna happen, what what's gonna happen next. Yeah. And I, I, like I said, I see the same thing with one seventy, and one seventy will always play a heart, like. And, I, and it's easy because of recency bias. But even just with the fight fan out, 170, I love that situation that it's in. 155, I, I love that situation that it was in. Because, I mean, when yeah. I joined 155, it was sort of dead. It was sort of – and then I sort of led the revolution. I'll pat myself on the back. I sort of led myself in the revolution because I think Alexa was dominating it. Okay. My bad. Yeah, my bad. A little bit of, a uh, little bit of, uh, technical difficulty. But what is a podcast? Uh, yeah. that doesn't have any. But like I said, with the whole entire situation between, like I said when I was there, I sort of led the revival of it, and and it's these pioneers that I think go underlooked. And yeah, they're not Hall of Famers, but they're they're fighters that make the sport enjoyable and sort of the fighters I'm on a, I'm a couple on is someone like uh, Kyrie who moved up to 135 and made that division interesting. Someone yeah. like uh, Keenan who stepped out out of nowhere. The 155 shot. Someone like Edgar Jordy who when I was there, like I said, he, he was good but he wasn't to the point where he is now. It's yeah. just it's 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 nice to see. It's 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 very heartwarming. But I asked this question to my viewers and everyone else of you know, how do you enjoy this the session? How how, how you know, is there any critiques, anything like that or just any more more thoughts that we could get on cuz I mean, just lay them on me. Yeah. Uh, like about the podcast. Mhm. No, I think it, I think it's good. You know, we we covered some good good topics. 
I think we covered pretty much everything interesting. I don't really think there's much to change, you know. I just I like the thing how you're getting guests on. I try and do that. Like even if you just do your normal thing, but get a guest on, even if they're kind of like in the background, just you know talking a little bit. I think it just finds it find it interesting to get different guests on. You know, hear from different people and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, no. Other than that, I think it's good. Mm -hmm. And what type of music do you like? Oh, uh, like I like a bit of like everything. I mean, it's got a. I like rap, like hip hop. I like a bit of pop. You know, I like a bit of indie stuff. You know, but mainly mainly hip hop's like all different genres of hip hop. You know, you got like your calm type of hip-hop like indie hip-hop uh mm-hmm. that's more my favorite like the calm hip-hop i don't like the banging mm-hmm. music as much mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i'm the same way i'm the same way and and like i said it's it's become sort of stale i think hip-hop has become sort of stale i mean that's just my opinion on it because you have again violence like the baby yeah. i think i think he's so good at what he does it's, i mean the last time the baby tried to do R and B or something, or like R and B, I think, because he said I'm a sad people. He or for the sad n words out there, I even <laughs> but I'm not gonna say it because I don't want to get canceled. So he yeah. said, he said, I think my old baby, and he he, he just started going off about like. How his old hoe misses him, and how <laughs> how he could easily leave his other girl for her, and it's like that's not sad. Yeah, that's not at all. There's some people that just can't, you know. You get some artists that can do a bit of everything, but then some just like can't change. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, like you get some that just get stuck making the same music, but. I enjoy artists that can do it all, you know, like um Drake yeah, is like, an artist who can do everything. I think yeah. artists like uh J. Cole, yeah, Uzi, yeah. uh Polo G, Lil Baby, Lil oh my god. Lil Baby is so good. Yeah. I can't even think of what people I've been listening to off the top of my head. You know, I'm just uh, I just go through like I've got, I've got nearly a thousand songs in my playlist, and like, mm-hmm. I just listen to that much music. It's not funny, but you know, I I listen to different genres depending how I feel. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I listen to a lot of J. Cole. Listen to a lot of uh, pretty much everybody. You know, I'm more into like finding small artists though, because um, mm-hmm. you know their music's unique. They don't just make music for for likes and stuff. It's more just Quality, individual. Yeah, like there's a real good one out right now called IDK, like that's his name. Um, but he just made a real good album. And, yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love music. Like, yes, I am Korean and I listen to K-pop. There, there, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And it's no, sort of... It and it's sort of the same thing that even if I'm not in the server or I'm just in public and I talk about like I'm not I'm not 
uncomfortable to share that about myself. Yes, I like the music. Yeah. Yes, there are fans that are overbearing and drive it yeah. to have this bad reputation. But by all means, music is music, and whatever you love, you love. Yeah. No, so, that's it. like I said, but I I have a very 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 good taste of variety. I, I, Mexican music. Don't listen to country. Like I said, I told y'all. If anyone listens to country music, I'm sorry. You can just you can yeah, you nah. can you can stop listening to this podcast. But no, not to back on country because country good is good too. Yeah, no, I don't like country. Don't worry. <laughs> nah, <laughs> even if you did, I would still I would still accept that. And I think a lot more people have to be more accepting of who you are as an individual, and not as a majority. And yeah, for sure. And sure. that that's that solves all the world's social problems. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like I don't mind a bit of a bit of banter, you know. Like if you mess around, but yeah, if somebody's like seriously putting someone down for their taste in music, or whether it's music, movies, whatever, like that's just kind of whack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. But man, uh, it, it's always a pleasure talking to you, man. Yeah, no, it's been uh, good. I, I actually, I have a suggestion. I reckon one day we get like four people on the podcast. I don't know, and we all debate. Oh, yeah, well, not debate, but it'd be cool just to get a variety of people on, all talking mm-hmm. about different stuff. Yeah, you know, getting different opinions. I think that'd be a good mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, because I mean that that. That's my plan. Because yeah. like I said, I, I like talking solo and sharing my thoughts, but having an active or an active yeah. person who can share their opinions and stuff like that, good. Because conversing, conversing is a social skill. It's a social skill. Yeah. You know, people no. that aren't, aren't comfortable with talking and everything like that and who are listening to this, it takes a while for them to warm up. So, like I said, I want to use this as a platform of discussing what I think is interesting to me because I'm passionate about it. Yes, I'm not sure. going to talk about something that I don't love yeah, for or sure, that I for dislike because sure. that's yeah. just wasting time and effort to something that I could be putting in. You know, I'll do a mixture of both. I'd, yeah, like, do ones on your own, get people on, just do whatever I guess you feel mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, because, I mean, like I said, I, I love Alexa and Eric because, like I said, they give that opinion and value to it. But, like I said, at the end of the day, they're their own artists and everything like that. And so I'm sort of left out on my own. And I wanted to make sure that this episode and every single episode in this is interesting because I don't want it to become stagnant. I always want the viewer guessing or if you guys are watching on the Dive Studios uh, video, Anyong, hello. I'm right here next to Wadi or Barry. I should call him. Yeah. My bad. Right <laughs> next to him as he's in the booth. But we're just talking about what I can do or just what he can do to improve his podcast and stuff like that. And it's just having an entertainment thing. Having yeah. an inner what appeals to people doing what you love is 
but getting other people to enjoy what you do is the best thing is the best thing because you're doing what you love and what other people like seeing from you and that's the beautiful thing about the the internet and platforms like youtube tiktok instagram twitch you see all these variety of, of people collab and just enjoy talking about what they talk about you know and and i will i oh maybe episode six maybe episode six If, if this episode does well yeah i will definitely have probably three maybe four guests in here and then and yeah, we'd have to dark. schedule a time for that. Yeah. We'd have to schedule a time for that because everyone has their own schedules. Yeah, it's not yeah. going to sit here and like, oh my God, <laughs> uh, can you do it right now, right now, right now? Yeah. So I'll no, be patient I, I with that. I can get like, I can get like, I don't know for sure how how uh, realistic this would be, but like, I reckon getting diverse groups of like different people on, getting all different opinions mm-hmm. and People who you think would disagree, and people who you think yeah. would agree. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, I mean, yeah. all all for constructive criticism and everything like that. Because yeah, I'm yeah, not gonna have someone sure. on the show, yeah. and everything like that, and putting bad voodoo. Like, if I'm able yeah. to talk to the person and they're respectable and everything, like, of course I'll have them on the show. Yeah, for sure. You know, get ego, get ego wide on for sure. Oh yeah. He's my next that's, that's a must. Yeah, I, was able, a I, was, must. I was able to get him. You know, I saw yeah. I sort of saw Dan do it too, and I'm like, how the f- <laughs> how was <laughs> a dude that wasn't really anything able to have a connection with Egg White like that? And and I can't wait for it. You know, I'm yeah. always I'm yeah. never, never settling. You know, and of course, I always want to make sure you feel comfortable too. If there's anything yeah, that yeah. you don't want to discuss or too personal, let me know. And as always, this episode of the Rundown for the South is sponsored by the CEO himself. Yeah. Barry from Bruce Beers. Yes, you can use code, the code Rundown from the South uh, for 50% off at BruceBeers.com. That is the Rundown from the South for 50% off off your own pack of bruised beers. Remember, you are one knockout away from getting your own pack of bruised beers. Just a shameless plug. Yeah. You know, I'm always, I'm always gonna keep plugging, <laughs> keep plugging you. And I don't want the sponsorship. I mean, you, you can, you can, you can pick and choose whoever. Because I mean, you're the CEO. You do whatever the hell you want. No, but for it's, sure. It's just, I mean, it's just showing support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for sure. Thank you, thank you. You know. Even if you didn't like me one bit, <laughs> throw that out of your fight. I mean, no, 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 I do, I do. It's just bad mood. I was just in a bad mood and I was like, God damn. <laughs> I, did, I didn't think of the role, I didn't think of the role play aspect of it. I was thinking of it like more in a like personal, level. personal yeah, but then no. once I thought like, once you said, oh, it was the character, I was like, oh yeah, that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like I said, they, I I know my limits. I know my limits. I mean, I'm gonna yeah. keep talking trash on on DFC media. I don't care who you are. <laughs> that's just that's just my character. Yeah, but... no, you gotta play into your character. Like, uh, don't mm-hmm. just what I've learned is you gotta 
in stuff like this, it's just like if you're in a role play server, you can't take somebody's character and make the person playing it responsible for like, say if your character's beeping with another character, you can't be like, oh, don't like you because our characters are beeping. Oh, yeah, no, that's like, petty. It's just stupid. Yeah. Yeah, that's stupid. It's the same thing here, like, character's a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah a character is a character, and an individual is an individual. There yeah, will be it. things that we don't agree upon or that we get into, but like I said, it takes a person that knows how to think properly, and it is mm-hmm. a skill. Being able to think with your heart and your head is the best thing you could do for yourself, but thinking with your head is the best tool you have. Thinking yeah, emotional is the worst thing you could do for yourself and as a fighter. I mean, I don't know how yeah. many times I've seen fighters fall off a cliff because they want to, after a loss, they just get in this huge rage. I mean, I've done it before, but I more so blame the RNG because of it. Again, yeah. don't blame the person, blame the game. Yeah, no, that's, that's what right. I try to do. Mm-hmm. So as, anyway, as it's, yeah. it's been a wonder and a pleasure having you here. Um, nah, thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. One bit. And let me know if – do you have a question? No, no. Do you have um, a question well, for the viewers or anyone like that that you can I'll just say on the Busy Bear Show? I'll just say, you know, tune into this podcast, book good podcasts, I'd say. Good episodes to come. I definitely check out the uh, Ego White one, and we'll try and get that group one together as well. And yeah, just make mm-hmm. sure to tune in to to the rundown. Is that what it's called? Rundown from yeah, the, the south. Yeah, rundown from the south. There we go. Mm-hmm. Pleasure having you fly down all the way to Seoul, South Korea, yeah. and just like we uh, us and Korean. I'm going to teach you a word, and it's annyeong, which means um, goodbye. Annyeong. And a, like, and yeah. which means nice to meet you or a pleasure to have you here. Oh. So, thank you. Which basically means in translate, thank you. I'm Kim Minjung from the rundown for the south it was a pleasure having you and as always i would love to do this again thank you i yeah, appreciate thank it thank you thank you you're welcome uh, all right That was the segment that I had with Wadi or Barry, as you guys know him. I mean, yeah, I had fun with that segment. And like I said, I I enjoy this is the most fun I've had with a podcast session like this. I love it. I love it. I love you guys. Saranghaya. I just appreciate you guys way too much. I mean, for those that are viewing this and for those that are seeing on Dive Studios, Annyeong, uh, I mean, I was going to have egg on this, but I mean, 
I'm not gonna settle for that. I mean, if Egg White can't make the fight to Seoul, maybe I should just have someone else join. I mean, there's always gotta be substitutes if things can't go your way. Then how about another? Um, I had a very good time. Thank you, Barry, for joining my show. Um, thank you very much. Uh, next, I will actually be doing a solo session. And you may be, uh, why? Why? Well, it's segment four, which means it's time for the K-pop part of this episode. And I mean, it's always interesting to wonder about music and artists like that. But I mean, last time I was here, I was able to talk about a bunch of underrated groups and what underrated fighters have to prove. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of potential with that. But check out episode four. If you guys didn't watch it, please watch it. I mean, this is my first audio voice recorded episode that I've recorded. So please watch it. Please watch it. Thank you. But um, a group that I don't think, that I think could do a lot better. I know their company can. Is... I can't even think of a group. I mean, donkeys. Oh my god, yes, yes. I'm going to talk about them. I talked about them in the last episode, because, but I love them. So, they're very underrated and very underappreciated. Um, very, very underappreciated. But they're a group that is a five- Boy group member, I mean, One Day, Eunuch, Sunche, or Sunday, are very good members at what they do. I enjoy watching their choreo and everything like that. I think I have a lot of fun watching them. Like, as a K pop fan, I can't put it into words, but the best thing I would describe it is, is you're just vibing very hard like you're like okay and and you're just enjoying it because you're like oh my god what and it's the same thing i think it's the same thing that i have with k-pop girl group you know i'm i'm very mixed i'm a mixed i like being mixed i'm not which gender oh which gender do you have a preference well each each side of k-pop has a side to answer, you know, it's just not, you have folk, you have ballad, you have hip, you have K-pop, K-pop, which is the boy groups, you have rap, so K-pop is very diverse, it's a genre within a lot of genres, if that makes sense, but it's just one of those things where I, I love saying, in fact, or it's just one of those things, because it is, it is. It's one of those things that gets your mind thinking about how good we have it. I mean, or how good humanity has done to provide themselves. I mean, I don't mean to get too preachy, and I'm not going to get too political on here. I mean, I did mention Trump earlier, but it was for a joke. It was for a joke. 
with his Twitter and everything like that. I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to piss anyone off and I don't want to risk me getting thrown off. So it's just one of those things where I don't know how to describe it, but I'm very happy with what I enjoy. I enjoy the content I create and I'm getting So, I mean, this isn't a short session. But this is a session where I can collect my thoughts. So if you hear me pause or you hear something like this, no audio for like at least like a few seconds, you can understand why. You can understand why. Or no, I'm giving you the reason to understand it. But even with the interviews and everything like that with myself, I want to bring something that you guys enjoy. But I also enjoy. I feel like if I'm able to do that, and even in life, if I'm able to, to do what I love and able and others are able to, to not accept, but able to, to cheer me on with that, I'm happy. I'm happy. There's, there's nothing more. There's, there's nothing more that, that I want. So it, and I, that's why I love K-pop so much. That's why I love it, because I'm able to talk about it, and I'm able to discuss, and I'm able to enjoy the content that it creates. I love K-pop. You know, just because we have the scandals and everything like that, I won't get into it, because like I said, my opinion is different from others. So I'm doing this to enjoy, and I'm not trying to ruin the mood or anything like that. But... Like I said, it becomes a sort of a thing where it's like, I don't know how to describe it. I'm trying to find the correct word to put, it's interesting and it's balanced. I know I mentioned the word balance. I mean, that's probably the fifth time I said it within this whole entire episode. Episode five, the best episode that I've recorded and I've enjoyed so far. I mean, I enjoy every single episode I write or I type or I even speak, which I'm doing right now. I enjoy every single one of it and I couldn't even thank or appreciate. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys a lot. Thank you. And kamsamita or gomawa is thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, I really didn't come prepared. I mean, just like the last episode. I mean, I just went off, with, off like a 30 or 40 minute tangent of K-pop releases or something like that. I mean, I was able to vent. But as a world champion, I have to show a world-class act of... But no, I'm just going to act who I am. You know, that's probably why you guys tune in, because you guys enjoy me. I mean, not to pet myself in the back. I know I'm amazing. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking, but able to converse with, able to have the ability to have, oh my God, I cannot speak. The ability to converse with you guys and share what I enjoy is what I appreciate from you guys. I know it's it's not supposed to be so, so being, it's not supposed to, I don't care. I'm going to say whatever I want, within reason, within reason. I mean, 
within reason. But I'm going to say whatever I want because I enjoy it. You know, very appreciative of my dad. I'm very appreciative of my mom and my sisters and everyone else that is in my life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For shaping me up to who I am. I mean, of course, there's always going to be instances where I'm not as great as what I can be, but I want to seek self-improvement. And that's what that's what I think underrated artists do. There's always going to be something that people specialize in, and it's what it's a jack of all trades, meaning if you have a better person, like a person that can do it all, but the one part that you're missing, you need to fill him in, do it. I understand. Do it. So it becomes this thing of what you're worth. <laughs> if that makes sense. I gotta readjust because my seat is getting very hard. But it becomes a moment of what you're worth. You know, I'm very happy right now. I enjoy it. You know, just because things aren't going in the way you want to, don't give up. Do not give up, because that's the worst thing you could do for yourself. Keep pushing on, whether it's in fighting or doing what you enjoy. Within reason, anything that you can enjoy. I like K-pop. I love fighting. I love my family. I love this world. And I love myself. Learn to love yourself. That's the advice today. This segment is brought to you by me. This there is no sponsor for this segment. I'm gonna ask you, the viewer, this question. How was your day? Was it good? Was it bad? Do you want to talk about it? Because I'm here. Regardless or not, because I want to establish a connection that makes you guys close to me and makes me close to you. I want to establish that. You know, I don't want to hide behind the screen or not. That's just not who I am. And there's going to always be people that are afraid to step out of their shell. And if you need someone to talk to, my Discord's open, and you can find me over at Instagram or whatnot, Lord Tweewee, nineteen sixty nine at Discord. Shoot me a friend request. Whether you're listening on the Anchor app, Spotify, Apple Music, or any of your podcast distribution centers, I want you to know that I'm here. If you don't have any. Or even if you do have people, I'm still here. I'm still here to provide support. The only way I won't give advice is when I'm sleeping. (laughs) That's what I tell everyone. 
but I feel like man, the segment was supposed to be K-pop, and it just went deep. But this segment is sponsored by me. Kim Chanel, are you okay? Because you are important to this world. You are. You may not know, know the reason why, and I don't know why I'm important, but I know my values, and I know what I have to do. You know, like I said, being lazy is the worst, is one of the worst things you could do for yourself. Not learning from your, your failures is the worst thing you could do for yourself. Like I said, if you're doing the same thing and expecting the same result, or getting the same result, expecting something different, that's the definition of insanity. You're not insane, but you're doing something repetitive. So just do what you enjoy. Okay? Arso? Yeah. I hope that you guys take meaning in my words, and I'm not sitting here. It's a, I mean, you guys find this comforting or whatnot, let me know. Because I am 100% okay with doing this. Because I enjoy it. So I love bringing up content like this. And this is the first time that I'm not really worried about how long this episode goes. Because I, I really don't care. I could put as many segments as I want. But I want this to be not a daily thing. Because... But I want this to be every so often. This podcast is brought to you guys by my heart. This is something that I love. I enjoy doing. It's not an opinion. Yeah, sort of opinion, but to try to figure out how to delete statements on this app. But I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy talking... And rambling for who knows how long. That's that's what I do. I mean, of course, there will be to a point where it's like, well, you could have done this and this and this. Like, there's always going to be room for improvement. And that's why I was sort of upset where I couldn't talk to Jaw as long as I was able to talk to Barry in this episode. And I mean, having Egg here, I mean, does decide to join in, I would be happy. I would be because my mission got done. But I'm not going to settle for that. I'm not going to settle for something satisfactory either. It's either if he decides to do it or if he doesn't. Because that's his decision. I'm going to I'm gonna have to learn how to be flexible with that. So, in count, I'm going to talk by myself. You guys may be wondering, wait, he's actually going to talk to himself? No. No, I'm not. I'm talking to you guys. So at least I don't get called insane by the people around beside me, my mom, my dad, everyone else. That's part of the reason why I'm doing Because <laughs> I have all these thoughts flowing inside my head. But 
being able to share what I share and getting feedback or just enjoying what to hear from other people is what I I like. I love it. And there's no humor coming. There's no humor with this. There's no humor with this statement, but this is the realest you'll see me. This is who I am as an individual. I'm not afraid to share the content. I'm not afraid to speak out. I believe that everyone is worth something. That's just how I see it. Everyone should be worth the same value. Well, not the same value, because everyone's different. But life should have the same value for everything. Each person should be treated differently. No matter the color of the skin, no matter the sexuality, no matter the race. Or no matter their gender. Because we are humans. We need to be treated equal, and there will always be a time where one minority pops out on the other, and it causes awareness. This is something that in the 21st century and the, and the later of the 2010 decade, and definitely in 2021 as of recording this, is definitely something that is good. Corruption, bad emotion being pulled out and trying to be fixed is something beautiful. So there's a song that I want you guys to listen to. I mean, this is the only song that I want you guys to listen to. I mean, I'm not making it mandatory. I'm not a teacher. It's it's, it's not, not a homework, but there's an artist called Joyner Lucas. And I want you guys to check out the album Evolution. I want you to check them out. Also check out my cousin John Clark the Rapper. He puts out some really good music too. I think his latest song was I Should See Right Here. It is Hurt My Heart. So go ahead and check it out. Those are two artists I want you to check out and come back so that we can have a discussion on next episode. There's no questions today. I'm not cutting the episode short or anything like that because I'm satisfied with it. Even though it's, oh, it's not polished correctly or anything like that, I don't care. I don't care. So, I'm enjoying this. I, 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 I enjoy doing this a lot. I enjoy it. So, thank you. As always, thank you, Dice Studios, for putting up with my lap. No, thank you, Dice Studios, for putting up with my rowdiness. I'm able to talk more clearly than I had before, which shows my comfort. I'm more comfortable than I was recording this episode than I was the fourth episode. But being able to set your mind and being able to do it, I think, pretty enjoyable. Pretty enjoyable. 
guys should try it. So instead of listening to this, sitting on your bed, probably playing Fortnite, why don't you get up, unless it's nighttime, reasonably, reasonably, be reasonable, please, oh my god, be reasonable with your thinking. Get up, do something you haven't done before. If it's get up, get back down, go to sleep, do it, do it. Don't care. If it's get up, listen to me, put on another episode, and listen to me ramble on there. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, it, it's a good mix. I enjoy it. So, thank you. As always, the Rundown for the South podcast is brought to you by Brews Beers. You are not going to count this guy out. We're not going to count today. Let me give you 10 seconds to click that one. Hana, two, set. It's been three seconds. Still haven't clicked it. But you are you are 10. You are a 10 count away from getting your own Packer Brews beers. Use the code the rundown from the south for 50% off off of brewersbeers.com. That's the rundown from the south. And certified cigars. You are not gonna want to count this one out. By the way, if it's fake sponsors. You are not going to want to count out this puff. Go ahead, relax. I know you you got your certifications. So to certified cigars, use the code to run down for the south for ten percent off of your shipping at certifiedcigars.com. That is certifiedcigars.com, and that is the rundown for the south for checkout. To save 10% off your shipping. And the final sponsor, thank you over to the guys at ESPN for putting up with this. Wouldn't be possible without you guys, just like anyone else. And thank you over to the people at Die Studios. Go ahead and check out Eric Nam, One Hole, The Soloist, Alexa. I, I love all you guys over here at Die Studios. Thank you, and I appreciate Oh, also, Jamie. I love Jamie Park. That is an artist you guys need to check out, too. Uh, and BB, 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 I love you. Feed me. Okay, I'm going to stop singing. But thank you. Over to the people at Dive Studios for making this possible. Thank you. Thank you. Kansanira. I appreciate it. And... I'm going to wrap it up. I'm getting pretty tired. I enjoy doing this, but I think it's time to go to sleep. So, I'm going to head out. Kai, I love you. So, like I said, I appreciate everything that you guys do. And as always, this is the Rundown from the South. Peace. And enjoy a nice chocolate. Bye-bye.